BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. This is a transformative time for black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. Put your bags down and pull up a seat. You are listening to Stay A While, the podcast with Tommy Vincent. We could talk loud, we could smile, keep it real, and it's all good, yeah. Come on and stay a while. Wherever you are, pull up a seat to the table where we not only serve food for the soul, but provide you with the key ingredients to embracing your true, authentic self. Womanhood isn't a one-time occurrence once we hit 18. It's a journey. It's an adventure with highs and lows along the way. As we continue in this Liberated Woman series, I wanted to discuss the intersection of womanhood and motherhood. Both are constantly expanding and they cause us to expand and grow as we keep going. And sometimes we forget to keep discovering the new and wonderful things about ourselves because we're so consumed with being the perfect woman or the perfect mother. Nothing about being a liberated woman or a liberated mother is perfect, but there are so many things that make both journeys worth it. Today's guest, Desiree Vincent Levy, my eldest daughter, joins the Stay A While table to discuss everything from juggling career aspirations and motherhood to deciding the kind of mother one will be. 
I hope you enjoy this candid conversation. Everyone, welcome to the Stay A Wild Table. I am your host, Tommy Vincent, and today you are in for a special treat. I have joining me at the Stay A Wild Table, my oldest daughter, Desiree Vincent Levy. And she is a woman of many hoods, wifehood, motherhood, entrepreneurhood, um, and most importantly, she's a part of the womanhood. And so we're going to have a conversation today about how that intersects with all aspects of her life, because ultimately, in the center of it all, it is Desiree. So we are going to have this conversation, Desiree, before we get into any questions. If you could use this opportunity in your own words to share with everyone, who is Desiree? Sure. So uh, thank you for that introduction. Um, Desiree is a person of many facets. Um, I am a entrepreneur. I am a very proud mother. I am a very proud wife. Um, and I am also a very proud daughter and big sister um, to the first little kids that I loved, my siblings. With that being said, we're going to go into an area of the conversation that you personally know how near and dear is to me. And we're going to talk about some food. And this segment is called Food is Love. And my first question for you is, what food best describes your personality and why? The food that best describes my personality, I would say, is an avocado because it is very nutrient dense, but it's a it's a sensitive it's a sensitive pro- piece of produce. And um, I, I can be really sensitive, but I've also realized that to be one of the gifts of my personality um, in reading people and reading rooms. And it's something that I've grown to be more grateful for. Mm-hmm. Yes, that that whole being able to discern a space is truly a gift and being in a space and not only being able to see things, but being able to feel things that is definitely an anointing that you have displayed pretty much all of your life. You know, not, there was points obviously when I didn't understand and recognize gifts that God gives us. However, when I did become aware, I immediately knew that was one of your gifts. So that is the perfect description for you. So the next question is name one recipe that is special to you and why? Oh, that's easy. Sweet potato pie. Um, It is the recipe that I got from you that I feel the most confident cooking. And also it's like something that is always a welcomed gift that I love to give to people um, over a whole variety for a whole variety of reasons. Um, Last year when the pandemic kicked off, I just woke up one morning and felt really inspired and I baked a bunch of sweet potato pies and dropped them off to my friends because it was me trying to give hugs, um, even though we still had to keep distance with everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I, I believe that cooking is a gift that keeps on giving. And I say that all the time, but I truly believe that like I shared my recipe with you, but my recipe it was inspired by my Aunt Darlene. And the very first time I made sweet potato pie was in her kitchen. And I'll never forget it. And as I, you know, continue to grow in my style of cooking, 
I still, when I make those sweet potato pies, I think about that moment in her kitchen. And so now, you know, hearing that that recipe is special to you, it really is a constant reminder that cooking truly is the gift that keeps on giving. So the next question I have for you is, name a time in your life when food was healing for you. Well, I feel like I can say right now, um, I have some health challenges that I'm working through and food is the first place to start with seeking it out for like the nutrients um, to kind of help heal some of the things that I have going on. Um, and it's something that I'm really intentional about. It's it's enjoyable, but it's also, I know uh, it's our first medicine. So I've been spending a lot of time being thoughtful about what I'm eating and making sure that all the things I'm eating are really tasty and really good for me. So let's get into the main course of our conversation. And Mm -hmm. our topic today is choosing motherhood doesn't mean losing womanhood. And you and I have had some, some really great conversations around this specific topic I was thinking about our conversation today and I'm like, me and Des, we always have these conversations that I feel like we are, you know, saving the world in some of our conversations. Um, And they're just you and I having them. But I think that right now we have an opportunity to give people the luxury of listening into our conversations. So the first question I have for you is, how do you define motherhood? It's a gift. Um, I feel grateful every day that I get to be Rosie's mom. Um, it's a gift that changed me in ways that I could have never even anticipated or knew I wanted or needed. Um, but it, it is truly, it's a gift. It's a, a hard gift sometimes, but it's, it's the best gift I've had. Defining motherhood as the gift, how would you define womanhood? (laughs) Well, I feel like womanhood is the like the training ground and the preparation that I've had um, navigating the world and who I am um, as a woman, as a black woman, to be intentional about what I want for myself and what I want for my daughter in particular. Um, what is the world that I want her to inherit? Um, what is the world that I want her to see and to experience? That's all informed by my own journey as a woman to date so far in the the 34 years that I've been on earth. Mm-hmm. So part of this conversation, it goes into, you know, how society defines the liberated woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I, we've talked about aspects of that, that we just, we just don't agree with. How would you take what you shared in both of those aspects of motherhood and womanhood and wrap that into the liberated woman? What does she look like? Yeah, I think that very often women feel like they have to choose between being a mother or being um, ambitious in your career or having things outside of your home. And 
there are some circumstances where I think that I understand why people feel like they have to choose one or the other. Um, but for me, that's never felt like it made sense. Um, I always knew that I wanted to be a mother and I still feel like I have things inside of me that I have to do. So for me, it was just figuring it out and making decisions that kind of pursue both or are invested in both, but just being really intentional and also accepting that it's a dance. Um, I can't do everything at one time. I can do everything, but not all at once. So just being really thoughtful about what I am doing and when I'm doing it. Um, and it, what is it moving forward? Um, is like right now in this last, uh, I don't know how many months it's been 10 months. Um, I've had to make some decisions about projects that I were, were, I was involved in, um, about things about my lifestyle to balance what's before me without losing myself. Um, those weren't easy decisions to make, um, resigning from projects, choosing to take time to just kind of be still so that I can make sure I'm showing up well, um, as a mother in the environment that we're in right now, which for me looks like we're at home with me and DeAndre and Rosie, and we don't have a lot of additional help. So between me and DeAndre, we we're working that out, um, to make sure that Rosie is cared for and, um, we're attentive, but we also have time as our individual selves to do the work that we need to do or the, the variety of things that we have going on outside of parenthood. So if it, to summarize, I would say it's really just doing the dance, but being really intentional about what the next steps are in, in doing that dance. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Mm-hmm. What about the way that women's liberation is told from a societal perspective? What about that challenges you? I think that I think that people look that maybe they don't even realize it, but I think people look down on women who choose to or have to be um, housewives or mothers. And to me, liberated means you have the autonomy to make the decision that is the very best for you and very best for you because that's what you want or because that's what your life demands at the time. Um, and being a wife or being a mother, those are not small jobs. Like you're, you're raising citizens of the world. You are creating environments that allow the people in your life to go out and be excellent in the things that they do. And I, and I actually really hate that that's something that's looked down upon like you're kind of just a wife or you're just a mother when that's not just the anything. Those are big jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when, um, when we were living in Florida and I, me and your dad, we just got married and everyone kept saying to me, so what are you going to do? I know you're not just going to sit at home while he's at work. Like, you know, I really, first of all, I was, 19. So I had no clue about what I was going to do with my life, but I definitely didn't process well with that pressure because Mm -hmm. immediately I felt like I had to spring into action because it was like, oh, well, then I I must can't stay at home and, and, you know, take care of home and take care of my family. I got to figure something out. And I know for me, I don't I don't have regrets about about my life, but hindsight, I definitely would not have allowed what other people thought about me and the choices I was making as a wife and a mother dictate what my moves would be. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's so important that every woman recognizes that being liberated means you get to make the choices you desire to make. Whatever fits for you is what you need to do. Whatever is best for you is what should be deciding your next move. And so like you, that pressure that I believe, and even when people don't directly say it, there is negative connotations that are associated with women who choose to be at home, who choose to, you know, raise their children, um, whether it's a choice or just their current circumstances demanded. And so to me, that's not liberated. You know, when you're talking about that, how is, if if we're talking about liberation for women, that should encompass every woman and whatever she chooses to do with her life, because that's the point of being free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, the pressure that you mentioned, that is, uh, like very real in the atmosphere. Um, like it feels like something 
that I have to push back on all the time. Um, just because people come to me with so many expectations for who they think I should be, whether it's me as a mother or me as an entrepreneur or any project that I'm working on. And I also have quite a few friends that, you know, they're really career driven. They don't have kids, but they feel the pressure too. Like, oh man, am I missing out on life because I don't have a child? But then I also have friends who their primary focus in life is being a mother. Um, and they feel pressure like, oh my gosh, am I missing out on life because I'm not out here getting this bag or doing this thing or like whatever they're supposed to be doing or feel like they're supposed to be doing. And it's just, why do people feel so entitled to have so many opinions about what they think someone should be doing when we have to trust that people are making the decision that's best for their life? And whether that looks like being devoted to being a mother uh, a balance of both a working mother or just someone who wants to pursue your career. Um, I think people ha- are really invested in having too many opinions about what women in particular should be doing. Um, and that does not feel liberating and it feels exhausting sometimes, honestly, to have to be kind of pushing back on that instead of just feeling um, consistently clear to just be moving forward and doing what I'm doing. That feels the best for me. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that we put so much weight into other people's opinions? You know, because if if the if the the point is being liberated and being free, then why do why do we succumb to the pressure? Why do we allow the pressure to be an active force in our life? Yeah. I, I wish I had a uh really great answer for that. But it, to me, it's like, who doesn't want to be appreciated for what they do? Um, I feel like motherhood is one of the most underappreciated jobs in the whole world. Like it is, you're literally raising citizens of the world, the the next world leaders, the next engineers, the next great chef, the next author, like you're raising these people. Why is that a small job that our work, our work culture very often doesn't um, support people to be able to do that and work. So we're really divided and you should be doing one or the other. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, it's just, even in trying to be high-minded and not acknowledge it or succumb to it, it's still something to enforce an active boundary with. Like people say things, that maybe they don't even realize they're saying it. Um, but it's it's belittling, it is a judgment. And I think it's just so such a programming thing, just how our culture is that we we say these things to people. Mm-hmm. So you're not you're not 40 yet. But if you just think about your life and how you were in your 20s and how you mm-hmm. are in your 30s. Time deals with all of that. Like, yes, I, I it, the desire is for women to get it earlier so they don't have to carry the weight of all of that. But when you reach a certain um, time in your life, I'll be honest with you, you don't really give a darn. Like, you just, you don't. Because you you recognize recognize how much time and effort and energy you wasted being concerned about what people 
have to say and think about your life and the decisions you've made that were filtered through somebody else's thought thought process. And mm-hmm. you, you spend a period of time pretty angry at yourself. You know that like you allowed for someone to dictate the course of your life, but then you snap out of that. And then you like, I'm just going to do me. And me includes anything I desire to put on my plate. That's my choice. If it's on my plate, it's because I put it there and not because someone else put it on my plate or, you know, is requiring me to have it on my plate. And so time does that for people. I guess that's, you know, that wisdom that we get for, you know, getting older. And that's why I think it's so important for older women and younger women to connect. You know, Mm -hmm. I believe like for myself personally, I keep seasoned women in my life because there are things that I'm experiencing that they've already been through. And being able to talk to someone who's been there, done that, and they're still standing is a critical piece to, you know, not stepping on the landmines and being able to come out successfully in my way, but having their wisdom crowning me to really have me walk through like the queen that I am. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel about that whole situation. Yeah. Well, as you said, I am not 40, but I am 44. <laughs> and it's it's really amazing to me. Sometimes I feel so moved and overwhelmed when I look back on myself as a 20-something and like being able to remember like where my mind was, what I felt like I was responding to, what I felt like I had to do, what I felt like was my own pressure on myself and being where I am now. And that that's like crazy to me to like process life that way. But yeah, it's been, it's like something that feels like the older I get, the less I feel invested in wanting to move according to how people think I should be moving and really doing um, what's best for me. And I really believe, and I hope that when I'm 44 and 54, I'll look back on 30 something Desiree and be like, dang, you didn't grow again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal. Unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Yeah, no, that 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 is I mean, if you're living life and you are intentional about becoming the best version of you in every season of your life, and that's like daily, you definitely you'll look back by the weeks, you know, forget the decades, you'll look over by the weeks and you'll see yourself maturing each and every year when you embrace the process of understanding that I truly do have the power within me to make my life better. How was motherhood modeled for you growing up and what did you associate with motherhood? Yeah. Well, I'm talking to my mom right now. Um, (laughs) I've seen you wear so many different hats. Um, You know, recently I posted on Instagram how when I was in third grade, probably first grade to third grade, I had really wild hairstyles that like little kids shouldn't have. They were real grown. Like I had flips, I had finger waves um, because you were a cosmetologist. So you tried out all the stuff on me. I got to see that progress um, to when I was, I think I was in middle school and you opened your salon. Um, and seeing that, I remember when you had the grand opening that me and my cousins, we were servers, um, you know, and secretly like tasting the snacks, but we were servers for everybody who was coming to like see the salon. Um, and then when I was in high school, I worked at your salon. So, and then now, you know, we, I've seen periods of time where you've always been like the manager of a lot of things and inside and outside of the house, but where you've been more focused at home. Um, and I'm also witnessing you grow as a chef and as a podcast host and looking forward to all the things that are coming. But they that was something I reflected on recently. And, and I um, was having a conversation, I think, with Dre about it, like how I saw my mom wear so many hats <laughs> when I was growing up. And I think that it doesn't make me feel intimidated by the idea of me wearing so many hats. Um, I also saw you make a lot of sacrifices and I didn't realize the the gravity of that until I got older and became a mom myself. 
just to know that like some of the decisions that you had to make to be present and to make sure that we were all healthy and well. Um, and you had five kids, so I have one. Um, but you made a lot of decisions <laughs> that I don't I don't take for granted, and I'm grateful. And I just really hope that when Rosie and if we ever have future kids look back, that they will be like, "Dang, my mom, she was doing this, she was doing this," but she also was really present, and she always made us feel like we really mattered to her. Um, we enjoyed laughing together. We enjoy talking. We enjoy hanging out with each other. Um, those are things that I also got from you that I just feel really grateful for. Well, that made my heart smile so big, <laughs> but you know, when I, when, when I hear you saying that, and, and as I was growing and putting on all those different hats and, and you mentioned cosmetology school and I went to interior design school and like awesome. I did a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, but I was really searching, mm -hmm. you know, I am a creative and everything that I did, every school that I went to, they were truly areas that were in, of interest to me. And, and I was passionate about them. It wasn't until I reached this stage of my life after, you know, coming out of my depression and I was really intentional about making sure that my mind was well, that I really started digging into more purpose-filled work. And all of those things that I did during the course of my life then, they've shown up. Like I utilized those skills and, you know, it's, it's further evidence that God really does use everything to work together for our good. So like none of it was for nothing. And the other piece of that is I have a wonderful partner in your father because mm -hmm. at no point in time did he try to like shut me down or like you doing something else. Like, you know, like it was like whatever it was that wherever I was in my headspace at that time, he was just always extremely supportive of all of that. And it gave me the space to really to flourish and to be where I am today. And that doesn't happen when you're not in healthy relationships with someone who is walking with you and you're cultivating them and they're cultivating you. And so who we choose to allow to have that space in our life is so critical. And we it's a decision that we should not take lightly. And I'm not even just talking mm -hmm. about, you know, like in my case, I'm, I'm referring to my husband, but there are people who aren't married, but they still have people that are so close and interwoven in their life that they truly are a part of the trajectory of where they're going. And they can either mm -hmm. help you to accelerate in that, or they can be hindrances in that process and they can hold you back. When you think about your relationship with DeAndre, how has you all coming into partnership added value to the woman you are today? Yeah. Well, one of the things that I've always appreciated about Dre is that he is like a fan of me. 
and I'm not I'm not saying that to like hype myself up, but he he really like since the beginning, he's even when we were like we were dating, he was always a fan of like me and my drive and what I was doing, um, curious about what I was doing and always a behind the scenes force of of support, um, helping me prepare for stuff, being a talk back partner, um, showing up in person when when appropriate um, for things and moving that into parenthood. I would say that um, when Rosie was first born, I kind of felt like, I think I would name it like, I felt like a degree of like an identity crisis because this, this was like a, a big change in my life. Like I have to keep this person alive. I love this person too much, like more than I ever have. Um, but like, <laughs> I also have things about me that I was just so afraid to like, that they would go away or they would die. Or I would be like, where's Desiree? And so it took a little bit of time to settle that in my mind and when I settled that, the pressure kind of felt like it wasn't, it wasn't as, um, it wasn't as strong. And I talked this out loud one time with Dre and he was like, I was just waiting for you to realize that <laughs> you didn't have to feel that way. Like, because there, there are seasons in life, like you can take the time that you take the time that you need to be Desiree, the mother. And when time is right, you can transition back into all the other things, but those things about yourself are not gone. They're just, they're just seasons of when you have to pay attention to different things. And even now, since we've been home um, over this pandemic period and, you know, I know things are opening up back more now, but we made a schedule with Rosie um, since it's just the two of us so that we both have the time that we need to tend to Desiree and tend to Deandre. And they're both important um, as well as be present with Rosie. And we've more or less put that time evenly. And the structure of that in itself has been very helpful, um, over this, I guess, year and a half period of time that, that we've been home. But I just really appreciate that we, that's a flexibility that we have. And beyond, in addition to the flexibility, it's the will that DeAndre has as my partner to, to make sure that my time is central, as central as his. Um, to be able to take care of myself and to do what I need to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm so, I'm so grateful that DeAndre is a true fan because you are a rock star. Thanks. You are like, um, <laughs> and I love that about DeAndre. Like you can see, you can tell when somebody is truly in your corner and I can tell by the way he looks at you. I can tell by the way he shows up for you and he supports you in everything that you're doing. And that's why I'm saying you have to choose your partners wisely. And I know sometimes our experience in life and what we witness in other partnerships as we were growing up, that may limit what we've seen in healthy relationships. But when you mm -hmm. do work to identify what matters to you, what causes you to tick, what allows you to thrive, and you really take the time to get to know you and to love every aspect of you, then you'll attract and you'll pursue partners who are going to see you for who you are, celebrate you for who you are, 
and not require of any of you to be left behind and left out of the equation. And so I, I'm truly am grateful for your family life. I'm grateful for the mom that you are, the wife that you are, and more importantly, the woman that Desiree has become. It's been a joy and a pleasure to watch you on this journey in womanhood. Oh, thank you, mom. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got a full plate with your business, your activism, as well as being a mother. Some people say that you can absolutely have it all and do it well. Others say something will go lacking. What has your experience revealed to you? Yeah, um, my experience has revealed that I need to make myself um, a consistent part of my to-do list, if you will, Um, because that was one of the biggest changes and challenges, um, you know, in the transition of becoming a mom and continuing to work on the variety of things that I work on is I fell to the side. Um, and it wasn't because I didn't necessarily have the space, but like mentally I was just so focused on everything else that it, I just kind of looked up one day and realized like, I don't like how I feel. Um, I feel tired all the time. I feel like I want to get my hair done. Like, I, and, and just being sure to keep myself central and because when I feel good about me, then I show up better for everything else. And I don't feel as overwhelmed because I can see all the other stuff. And, but I also know that like, I'm in a good place. I I feel good about, you know, my energy. I feel good about because I got my workout in. I feel good because my hair is done. I feel good because I have had quality time with DeAndre or I've had quality time with Rosie. Um, And I've had quality time with myself. So just, that was a, a big change that I, I mean, honestly, I'm still working through, but I'm on the the upward the upward trajectory of like getting really getting that um, in a place that consistently feels good to me. We're constantly discovering new things about ourselves as women as we get older, and the hope is that as we learn and grow, we teach our children how to learn and accept themselves. What are some surprising things you've learned about yourself? as you've grown into womanhood? Hmm. Well, I mentioned earlier that I now identify my sensitivity as a gift and that took some lessons um, to appreciate it, like honoring my gut um, and not looking at it as a negative thing. I've learned that I have the capacity to be a lot more patient than I ever thought I could be. That's like new with motherhood. Um, my sense of humor, whether other people enjoy it or not, it sustains me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just to be able to laugh at stuff. You know, I just thought of Troy <laughs> when you said that. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't laugh, then I mean, what are you doing? Just serious all the time? That's exhausting. Um, <laughs> it's, it just feels like it's just so much easier to get through stuff if you can kind of stay lighthearted about it. Like, man, that was crazy. Um, <laughs> but just like stay lighthearted about stuff. Um, and there, I, I, something, this was unexpected. 
that there are, I have more similarities in like my personality to people in my family than I thought that I did. Um, like you just mentioned my brother, but I, I find myself more and more identifying with different things like in you and in my dad and in my siblings than, than I ever have. And I just, I think that's really interesting that I'm like, is it just coming out now or is it just because I can see it now? And it, it's something that always feels really um, like heartwarming, I guess, to me, just to know that like I can identify myself and other people in my family. And it kind of makes some things feel less lonely, even like when I'm alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People would probably say that as a family, and we talk about this all the time, that we oftentimes laugh when think other people <laughs> don't think things are funny and we laugh. And at the very inappropriate time and like, <laughs> yeah. And it's not to like make fun. It's just like, if you're in a serious situation, Troy is the worst person to be near. Um, <laughs> for me anyway, because I can't <laughs> like, I'm like, dog, I can't not laugh. So there are some situations where I just have to say to myself, like, I can't be by Troy. Um, but even to Ron, he has this kind of like big grin that it just kind of pops up. He doesn't always have like an audible laugh, but he just be like, he just pops out this big smile, his big pretty teeth. And it's just, it's stuff like that where it's just nice. It's nice to have people that just to identify with, like we have similar experiences and we know that if we shoot the uh, the look across the room, uh, that we're having the same experience. <laughs> so when you think about that, you said something in there, you said, you know, that we have these similar experiences and there are some people who are, they don't feel connected to people. They don't feel connected in that way with their family, you know, for whatever the, the reasoning is. Mm-hmm. How can someone connect with people even when you didn't have the experience of connecting with people growing up? Now you're an adult and you have the opportunity to engage with other people. So how can someone do that? I think that takes a lot of intention um, from an individual. Like you have to, I think you have to be aware that maybe that's um, a challenge for you Um, and also be willing to be intentional about cultivating the relationship. So to me, that might look like uh, going to individual counseling so that you could kind of deal with some of the inside heart and head challenges that prevent you from cultivating relationships. And then on the outside, to me, it just looks like being very intentional. Like, I feel like I have some really golden friendships, but I also have been on purpose. I've tried anyway to be a really golden friend, um, to make sure that I'm showing up for people, to make sure that I'm hearing people, um, you know, in the things that bring them joy and the challenges they have in life so that I can be a sounding board when appropriate. I can give guidance. I can listen. Um, I can pray for them, but just so that people feel like the connection to me is feeling like you have people you're walking in life with. Um, 
Like DeAndre is very, very important to my life. But I also have some friendships that are very, very important to my life because I see them as just as valuable in that we're walking life together. Um, so it is important mm-hmm. to spend time and and show up for each other and love people out loud and love them with your actions and just being really present. Mm-hmm. So this is my final question for you. What words of advice would you give to Desiree in her 20s? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, this isn't hard because I, th- I think about this a lot these days. I would tell her to choose herself. I felt like 20-year-old Desiree did a lot of choosing of other people in situations that ultimately um, hurt me, that who I am now, I would never, I would even spend 30 more seconds on it. Like choose you (laughs) and do it without hesitation and unapologetically. And if people have a problem, that is theirs to deal with and carry, not yours, but do what you have to do for yourself. And that doesn't mean be selfish or thoughtless or anything like that, but it just means for me anyway, holding yourself central. Um, So if that means focusing harder on your schoolwork or traveling or um, figuring out the ways that you like to exercise and move your body or hobbies, like just focusing more in on you and the things that you enjoy and that make you unique and like really leaning into those things. Um, Because to the extent that I did do that, I feel like that's served my life very well. And it's also why I feel like I have the foundation to do a lot of the work that I do right now because I did spend a lot of my time in my 20s, like just really focused on trying to grow myself professionally. And that's really served me well for where I am in life right now. So now I mentioned that you are a rock star. So could you just take a moment to share with everyone what is Desiree up to these days and how can people... Um, stay connected with you? Sure. So my biggest project that I'm working on right now and that I'm excited for, um, I've been executive producing a documentary for the Detroit Free Press that will be coming out next year. Um, The date is TBD, but I will be sure to um, share on social media um, all that information once we have it. I, you can find me on Twitter. That is the only public facing social media that I have at the moment. Um, in addition to the documentary, I am the co-founder of an organization called Detroit Kitchen Terminal. And before COVID started, we were in the process of, um, I, we found a space, we were negotiating a lease so that we could start to build out our space and, you know, open up our culinary classroom. Um, but we put all of that on pause. So the date, the timing of that is still to be determined, but I look forward to next year also starting to move forward with that again, um, because I really look forward to the community that we're going to have the opportunity to um, create there. Um, those are my two primary projects of focus right now. And if, if there's anything else, you will certainly hear about it on Twitter and my Twitter handle is at D Vincent Levy. Mm, 
toot toot beep beep. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Never be ashamed or 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 take a backseat to who you are and what you got going on because you're doing some wonderful things and you did not get to this point in your life without um, obstacle, without challenge. And so if nobody else celebrates you, if nobody else celebrates me, and if nobody celebrates whoever is listening to this, you better celebrate yourself. Show up for you every single day because it is critical that you are your most loudest, greatest advocate, cheerleader, whatever you need to be for you to make sure that you continue to thrive. It is imperative that you show up for you. Desiree, I'm so grateful that you took your seat today at the Stay A While table. I'm grateful for this conversation and I look forward to continuing to watch you grow and become everything that I know is in you and everything that God created you to be. Thank you, Mom. (laughs) I loved interviewing my daughter. I may have to do that more often. If you want to learn more about what Desiree is doing, you can follow her on LinkedIn at Desiree Vincent Levy. Like what you hear? Then let me know and tell a friend. You can find and follow Stay A While on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. I can't thank you enough for your support of Stay A While. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback is greatly appreciated because it helps us to set the table with the soul food you crave. You can also talk to me directly on Instagram at Chef Tommy V, and that's Tommy with an I. And remember, life happens at the table, so meet me there. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com.